0: everyone how you doing i am sergio from the dodgeball podcast and here with me i have
1: um uh, marco franzita a player on arsenal and the team formerly known as shade
0: the team formerly no i i, I just want to say that that saddens me because i loved seeing you guys with the fans you guys own that brand so well and we'll definitely talk about that Hurts me to hear that but I mean the past two years brought a lot of changes. Um, So before we get into your story let's get some preliminaries out of the way. Um, What is your jersey number and what's the story behind it?
1: Uh, Jersey number 16. um, It is it's the day of my birthday uh, May 16th. Uh, You may not know Um, but it's (laughs) a it's a uh, number that I've held on to pretty much since I was—I think I was like in t-ball at like six years old and, you know like you kind of get like randomly assigned numbers and I think I got randomly assigned 16 which I think my mom at that point was just like oh it's supposed to be that way um, and then from there on it was just a number that I had on like every jersey growing up uh, in all sports that I played
0: oh wow um well I don't know if I said this, but happy belated birthday. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir. So
0: so just to give a little idea of people at home, um, Marco, I feel like I've known Marco for about six, maybe seven years. And I would say the best way I could describe Marco is someone who's very versatile, someone who could provide anything for any given team. He can throw really well, can catch really well, especially, especially in clutch moments. And Personally, I'm going to say it. um, I think every team you've ever been on, you've always been overlooked. And I find that very disrespectful because I always – when I play – when I plan against whatever team you're on, you're always someone of a factor that I pay attention to. But I feel like other people don't. But we can definitely get into that for – Yeah, I mean,
1: I appreciate that. I mean, I definitely tend to play with uh, people like – it's weird. It's like dodgeball's that thing where it's like, you know, when, when we go into like pro sports and things like that, teams are picked by a coach, you know, or by like a team captain, uh, where it's like, I feel like the teams that I've been, uh, picked on or placed on are definitely from like friends and my relationships in like social settings that also like the way I play. But then when you look at it, it's like I happen to be very good friends with a lot of very accomplished uh, dodgeball players with like, you know, years and years of accolades. So it's very easy, you know, when you go into rosters, you know, with people that have all these accolades, those are the first people that they look at. And then, you know, I always when I've ever captain or formed a team, whether it's like, you know, in rec or in tournaments or anything else, it's always like I'm always worried about the second tier right it's not so much like the initial like standouts like you know your catch your pie-ins your things like that but it's just like who are your secondary players because sometimes your secondary players are almost the most important because if the targets are taken out is that secondary tier like is that are those people going to be able to hang on their own and are they going to be unexpected enough that they can definitely you know change games in clutch moments So I feel like I kind of try to play in that way. Like I try to be a really versatile player um, and do and learn kind of a lot from a lot of different sides, whether it's like I'm playing on the left side, the right side or in the middle. Um, But yeah, it's like, that's how I kind of see myself as a player. But it's, you know, I don't think it's an insult to be overlooked per se. It actually works to my advantage in a lot of factors.
0: That is very, I mean, yeah, that is very true. I'm just saying that as someone who, Oh, you know, has played against you. I'm saying that as a fan of the sport, put some respect on Marco's name, please. Um, so, with that, uh, when did you start playing dodgeball? When was your first uh, dodgeball experience? Like
1: um, first gym and everything. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I mean, listen, you can you can definitely dial it back to like a time when you were like you know seven or eight years old and you were in PE <laughs> class and you know dodgeballs were still allowed because you know you weren't hurting anyone and there weren't so many rules about. Kids being too fragile. Um, right. I can date it back then, but uh, like, as far as like what kind of brought me into like you know the elite arena, I definitely you know had this thing one day where it's like I think West Hollywood dodgeball was kind of opening up from like a small Tuesday league and then opening up a Thursday league, and a buddy of mine was just like, hey, a couple of our friends do this. What do you think? And I was like, eh, let's go fuck around and find out. And that I think I I started there west hollywood I, on a team called hit it and quit it which was you know 20, 22 ragtag no name players um which you know like some some people kind of went the elite route like anita chu played for a while in, in elite uh leila march Banks, um but kind of like through there i kind of like started playing and then playing more and more re- going out to west la playing over in poinsettia park on sundays at open gym and it kind of became this uh really bad sickness where i just wanted to play dodgeball all the time
0: (laughs) i feel like i should ask this or actually i'm definitely gonna ask this at what point in the initial start when you got the you know when when you got bit by the bug so to speak how many days a week did you play before you realized it was like too much for your arm
1: oh i there there was a time where i played six days a week (laughs) There, there, there there was definitely a time like I played six and it was just like, you know, you play on Sundays. Then I would play on Mondays. Then I would play Tuesdays. I would play Wednesday. Uh, well, I would play. Yeah, I would play Wednesdays. I would play Thursdays. It was like at, at the height of dodgeball. There was like a league a week. And when there wasn't, it was like open gym. And I think I think at most I played. Yeah, I think I played six at one point And that was too much. And then I dialed it back to five. But I played five. I played five pretty regularly for a while and I would just take Friday and Saturday off to drink.
0: (laughs) I love how you said you dialed it back. And normally when people dial it back, they'll dial it back considerably. But you just said, I went from six to five.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, when you, when you have the bug, you know, I, I'm, I'm a pretty competitive person. And so like, and my whole project kind of like when I started in the, in the dodgeball scene was like just to get better And I always felt like the way to get better was to play consistently, but also Mm. play in different places and against other people. Um, You know, um, Nate Kreider said something to me once that really kind of like, you know, sticks out like iron sharpens iron. And that's kind of how I saw the only way to get better in dodgeball. It's like, yeah, can you sit and you throw the ball a bunch of times? Sure, but, and you know, work on your blocking and defense and all that good stuff. But it's really watching other experienced people play, picking up little tips and little, little things from players that you respect and, you know, watching games and when people do things in clutch moments, like you can see that thought process of where it kind of like that split that second decision before they make something clutch. Like you can kind of see it in their eyes and you kind of just pick up some of those things. So when I was started playing, it was like, I want to get that good. (laughs) And it's kind of like, and somehow, you know, the sickness of five days came up <laughs> When you just played play all the time. And yeah, sure. Did my arm hurt? But I think I was still young at that point where I didn't have to worry about it as much as I may worry about it now.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, Nate told me the same thing and yeah, iron does sharpen iron, but there is a point of what I call diminished returns uh, sure. where, yeah, you pretty much going to be running on empty the entire time. And I love how you said that. You know, when you were younger. I mean, you have not aged in the seven years that I've known you. So <laughs> let's just call that what it is. All listen, right, listen.
1: It. Flattery gets people everywhere. So uh, you can you can, continue, you can continue to think that. Uh, no, I mean, I think I started out. I started out playing probably. I think I was like twenty nine, and now I'm like it's a like it's been a full ten years. Uh, so I I am 39 now. Uh so you know, 10 years over time. I mean, I'm I'm lucky enough. I'm pretty I'm pretty athletic, I'm pretty fit, I take care of myself. So I uh, you know, my body has uh upheld itself
0: <laughs> for, yeah. for
1: all intents and purposes, and I've really kind of scraped away any sort of uh injury, like major injuries. Like I haven't torn anything or broken anything. I've had a couple things here or there, like since City. Sin City, for some reason, I decided to play through having like a bulge disc and a pinch nerve in my neck and down my throwing arm. So if anybody watched um, the Sin City this past year, uh, granted our team won, which was fucking awesome. But uh, if you watch, I definitely wasn't playing the way that I normally play. I was playing a definite more uh, demure game, but it worked out and, you know, kind of like flex the power and through the pain kind of when I had to, mm. uh, but it ended up working in our favor.
0: <laughs> Ouch. Um, you yeah, it hurt. <laughs> a pinched nerve and a slip. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I
1: had a bulge disc in my neck. I didn't know this at the time I came to find out, you know, going to an orthopedic and getting x-rays and an MRI and all that stuff. But I had a, as during like right before Sin City, I had a bulge disc in my neck that pinched the nerve that went all the way down my entire left shoulder down to my left arm and even into my left hand. Like there was a moment where I kind of lost a little bit of grip strength, which was wild. You know, you, you play, I've been playing sports since I'm like six years old. So it, it's, it was definitely something where it's like, oh, your body's giving out on you. That's different. Um, and kind of dealing not only with the physical aspect of it, but dealing with the mental aspect, aspect of it as well. Um, but, you know, I'm fine now uh, through, through a little bit of PT and self-love. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm on the other side and, you know, all things are good. And if that's like if that's the biggest injury in my, uh, let's say, playing journey or career, anything you want to call it, uh, I don't think that's that bad
0: not that bad considering what I what I know and um yeah there's a reason why I quit fighting amateurly uh so <laughs> that's, uh younger days younger surge would have definitely fought through all that <laughs> in in a, in a cage but now nah, that that I'm not doing that now I value my my health a little too much but like you yeah I haven't had any serious injuries other than busted hands and fingers you know the traditional stuff
1: yeah all, um, the, all the good stuff the people the things people know are coming
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. All the good stuff. The busted pinkies, thumbs, oh, all that. Nothing, nothing torn, but you know, just a little deformity here and there. Um, at what point did you decide to take that leap into elite? I know you touched on it before. Some, some of the players went the elite route. Some didn't. At what point did you decide to take that leap?
1: Um, and, I think and you was- said your
0: first team was shade, right?
1: Uh that was like my first full elite team. Um Shade Shade and Arsenal were there were the, my two first teams, and those were teams that I kind of stuck with mo- through most of uh elite. I mean, I'm still on Arsenal now. Yeah. Um Shade, uh, you know, the co ed route hasn't really been a thing in the elite round. So um it kind of, you know, Shade, everyone kind of either like retired or moved on to different things. So, you know, it was it wasn't amicable. There wasn't any sort of drama or of actual quote unquote. All puns intended. Shade there, um, <laughs> just you know, after after two years trying to restart something, uh, just wasn't. And at our last season of Shade, right before the pandemic, um, we did have some you know roster shifts, so we were definitely like kind of like in the moment of transition anyway. So when you're on transition and then to come back after you know such a long period of time, it definitely just didn't work out, which is totally fine. Um, but when I took that leap, um, it was Boston Nationals. Was the was the first uh, kind of like elite thing? Because for a while, like I had this whole thing where you know, like I don't know if I want to dedicate my time to like doing elite on top of like dodgeball, and then like I work a pretty a pretty uh, you know busy career where I you know sometimes have to travel out of town for you know months at a time. So I I'm definitely kind of like very team centric. So anytime I say yes to a team to do pretty much anything. I'm, I always feel obligated and I never wanna let a teammate down. So I'm very much like, don't join something that you can't fulfill your obligations to. So right. I just wasn't sure, I was in transition at that time. of just like, what do I, like, can I do this? Is this something I can work out? But then I started as like my career progressed, I got a bit more freedom, which gave me opportunities to say yes to things. So Boston Nationals, um, when they first kind of brought co-ed on the scene, um, I started, I had a co-ed team with some, you know, uh, awesome veteran elite players like Joanna Munoz, Brett Cobble, Erson, um, Jeremy LaPierre. And we kind of just threw together like a, a co-ed team just for fun. And then after I went to nationals, I was like, fuck, now something else that I need to be fully involved in. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, and it was then that I could say like, dodgeball became like even more of not just like a social thing that I wanted to be really good at, but um, it also became like, I started kind of playing in the elite world.
0: <laughs> so your first elite tournament was a national event. It wasn't like a regional round. You just dove no. head first into it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? And when someone says jump, I, when my friends say jump unlike like what your parents teach you not to do, I just was like, okay, when and where, Like, I'm going to go jump off this bridge. Do you want to join? Yeah, that sounds like good. (laughs) Okay.
0: Oh, man. You know what? I should have done this intro. Hi, I'm Marco Franzita, and welcome to (laughs) Jackass. That was perfect. I
1: I can't say that i I like to think that I'm a pretty intelligent person, but I can't say that I make the smartest decisions in certain aspects. Um, I try to to save the good decision-making for, like, really big adult life events as opposed to, uh, (laughs) you know self-care and
0: things like that Uh, well i mean like i said you have not aged in the entire time i met you so self-care is definitely helping you out on that end um (laughs) but let's talk let's go a little bit back in time um what was your sports background growing up
1: um so i play i started out i think playing baseball as a kid um and then i grew into football and so basically at like the height of like let's say my sports career growing up through my teenage years into high school. Like I played, I played ice hockey. I played football. I played baseball. I ran track um, because, you know, I decided to be a really bad overachiever. <laughs> There's nothing bad about me. <laughs> and, an and, and I had no respect for putting my body through whatever I felt it needed to go through <laughs> at that time.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I, unless you did two a days like I did in high school um I felt like you were pretty tame (laughs) despite overachieving
1: (laughs) yeah it was just like I used to do these things where it's just like I run from one practice to another practice or whatever other like you know club or thing affiliation that I was doing at the time like whether I was like in the school play you know running in my football gear to the you know to the drama room to like practice shit like I just kind of I just kind of felt like and it's weird because you know kids do that now because they want to like get into college or whatever i had no fucking care in the world or like agenda as to why i did this stuff i just like doing it. like i like playing sports because i like the team camaraderie and i uh i like competition I'm, i mean i'm kind of like an asshole but like i like to think i'm like the nice asshole but <laughs> the asshole <laughs> no. part of me definitely wants to compete at a level where i perform really really well <laughs> and i get mad at myself if i don't so Yeah.
0: We, I would say you and I have very similar traits. I wouldn't call you an, if anything, I would not call you an asshole. I think you're more lovable than me, but that's beside the point. Appreciate Um, that.
1: Appreciate that. I think there are some people in, in, you know, our world that would think differently, but like, I totally appreciate the benefit (laughs) of the doubt.
0: (laughs) But, um. but no, I, I, I definitely, it's funny. Someone I don't really know too well, but I know well enough to ask to be on and we, Borderline had similar lives and that's kind of, (laughs) that's kind of cool. Um, So after the Boston nationals, you, you hopped on shade. How did that formation happen? Who asked you to be on? How was that initial conversation?
1: Yeah. So, um, so in pretty much, I think the thing with all dodgeball, like granted, like, let's say other than like some top four teams or top three teams, you know, where they're really kind of going for like the best of the best, Everyone just wants to play with the people that they like and they respect, right? Uh, so it kind of like it all. I think part of dodgeball is like it, it's all back to social relationships, you know. Um, and because, you know, maybe I am more lovable than I think I am, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 liked by a few people. And um, I mean, the start of Shade actually started out of Alex Claude, who uh, used to play on what is it, Valhalla, and uh, yeah. he started he started Shade with uh, with a couple people. And he basically reached out and was like, "Listen, I, I I hear you're getting into Elite. We're trying to put together this like like a, a mostly LGBT uh, Elite team for the West." Um, he was like, "It's called Shade." He's like, "I feel like it just fits you," um, <laughs> and I, which I was like, "I don't know whether to take that as a compliment or uh, you know a read," but i I took it as a compliment. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, And and the roster was filled with people that like, I really love and adore. I think our original team was um, Helen Wynn, Nina, Fiore, Karina, um, I just call her papas. Um, (laughs) So Karina, myself, David O'Brien. And we were like, and uh, Shannon, oh my God. That threw me back. I mean, I love Shannon, but it's just so funny to kind of throw yourself back to someone. I (laughs) think who the hell was our roster? Um, and we, you know, we were kind of like, we were like this scrappy new co-ed team on the block of like a team that really kind of hadn't played together before um, and we just kind of like all put it together and we, we did some stuff.
0: No, you yeah. definitely did.
1: And then the roster evolved over time and like some people went to other routes. Some people didn't like 8.5, some people did whatever. And then the roster, you know, kind of molded and our last roster, oh God, what was our last roster? It was like Cody Foley, myself. David O'Brien, um, Brendan Tickner, uh, that which was solid, a solid four dudes, and then we had uh, who are females? I mean, Emmy, Emmy Zappa was there for a minute. Um, we had some, we had some solid, solid people playing with Thank us you. for a while.
0: Oh, you definitely did for sure, and I can definitely attest to the scrappiness um, because your team formed at the same time my team did, and even though in that co-ed division we would end up winning. It was a dog fight. Like, yeah, you know, two new teams facing each other off, kind of disorganized whatever, but it was a dog fight. Like I I had no idea what to expect uh, facing that team initially. Uh, But I definitely wasn't going to overlook you guys. And you you guys definitely lived up to that. Like you guys were scrappy, fought tooth and nail for it. And you definitely, you know, developed over time. Uh, At what point, did you hop on and I, I kind of laugh when you said that I don't know if Alex Claude was you know reading me or not like no he was not reading you like a Walmart receipt but um <laughs> oh, comedic timing is everything uh, but yeah I was just thinking like when you said Alex Claude said you know it'd be perfect you know for shade and I'm like yeah now I think about it I don't know how I would feel about that to be
1: Right. It, 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 well, here's the thing. I mean, I've known I've known Alex a long time, and you know, we we played in many different teams and against each other for a really long time, and like we're buddies. Um, and I, I mean, I, I definitely think it is a, there is a bit of uh, shade as a nickname and things <laughs> that I do as part of my personality that just kind of really co-signed that. I think you can ask any of my friends. i I think I'm pretty. I might be pretty shady. So at that time, at that time, it was a little bit of like, okay, to see to see it in a text bubble. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. A little self-analyzation comes in and you're like, yeah, I am a pretty fuck. So okay, I'll do this. <laughs>
0: well, I, I will say this. And again, only in the handful of times that we've ever chatted, the only time I ever heard you ever deliver an ounce of shade is when you're standing your ground about something. And sure. there's
1: and you definitely haven't been around me that too much. You're right. <laughs> again,
0: that's where I preface it. That's where I preface it. Like, I've never heard you outright be snotty to someone who didn't deserve it
1: if that makes sense i appreciate that i'll take that like
0: that like if, if you delivered if you delivered shade it came with receipts it wasn't just pointless out of the air from what i seen
1: now, like you're not now, the type of person to it, that, if you would take that and now you would go around to some people and just let them know that that would be really great
0: <laughs> i'll definitely do that for hopefully, sure hopefully
1: whoever's listening to this at this point under like now you know if you've gotten it now you know why
0: well, I will let me let, before we continue. Let me tell you, out of 190 countries, 175 are going to know this for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if anything, I will say you don't deliver pointless shade. It may be friendly fire, but it wouldn't be pointless. Like, you do have receipts here. Like, oh, really? Let's look back at the log right quick. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's
1: like, it's like, it's like prepare listen, you got to prepare yourself for everything in life, right? And including if you're going to drag somebody, you got to be prepared to, uh, you know, state your case, state the evidence, point to me, and then you move on.
0: Exactly. Thank you, my dog, man. I got to say this. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, after Shade, you hopped on Arsenal. Yep. What was that experience like? Who, who asked you to be on Arsenal, and how did it feel initially when you were asked to join Arsenal?
1: Um, so my guy, Eric Jones, it, it, it kind of, it kind of all, bre- it's, it's a little bit of a mix between him and Brett Cobble. So like, those are two, two of my closest friends um, mm. in, in dodgeball and in life in general. Um, and Eric, uh, Eric had said to me, he's like, he's like, listen, he's just like, I know you're playing elite now. And, you know, I had this whole thing where it was just like, I was only doing co-ed because, you know, I was kind of jumping in, but I didn't want to like, you know, throw myself all the way off the deep end just to start. And he was just like, listen, he was like, the way you play is like, I think you would do really, really well in Arsenal. Um, and at the time it was like, Eric, it was Brett Cobble. Um, it, was, it was a few people, it was Maddox was on the team at that point. Um, there were a couple of people who were still on, who were like on the team at that point. And he, Eric was just like, listen, as the captain, I just think you would do really, really well. And I was like, okay, cool. And and so I joined, I did my first season and it, it was definitely it was definitely different because you know, like co-ed, co-ed plays differently than open. You know Mm -hmm. like just like the way the way the team dynamics are you know are are definitely different and and for shade to be part of you know in a the origin roster right the original roster you you get a bit of i don't want to say say but like you definitely are figuring it out together because no one is married to like a position or you know what exactly they're gonna do you know we're all kind of trying to like figure out what works best as we go But for Arsenal, it was like, I was definitely coming into an established team and a team that had been around for quite some time. Um, And there were people who were in positions and that was the way it was run. And that I had to kind of conform to that, which was a little different for me uh, at first, but you know, you kind of, the way I like to do anything is like, you kind of, sometimes you got to like pull, pull yourself back and like, you know, see the forest beyond the trees and step back and look at the team as a whole and see how it's operating and then finding, like, what do you do good that can benefit what's already established? And so it just took a little bit of pivoting, but then I think that I just started to kind of, like, accentuate what we were good at and kind of just throw myself in the mix of being able to help them along.
0: And I would say that you have. um, To join an established team, a a long-running team like Arsenal... Um, not an easy task to hop in right away and it's going to take some time. And it looked like, it sounds like you had the maturity to understand that going in. And yeah, I mean,
1: uh, listen, I respect, I respected everyone on that team. And I mean, listen, it, it's, it's, it's also like, there's a bit of an honor and a privilege. I mean, like, yeah, we're talking about dodgeball here. So it's just like, you can sit and say like, it's not that deep, but there is like when people welcome you into like a, a competitive league, you know, like le- for all intensive purposes, you know elite at that time and even still now is uh you know the best of the best when it comes to competition you know um at the level that we're all playing at and at that time to kind of be asked you know like let's say as a newcomer on the scene of you know the elite aspect of it all um it was like i was like wow that's pretty fucking cool so if, if you're, if you're ever asked to do something that's like, you know, kind of like an honor and a privilege, don't be a dick. It was my philosophy. And it was yeah, kind of like, right. let me, let me, let me showcase what I, let me showcase what I can do to kind of like, you know, earn my spot at the same time of just being, you know, given.
0: Yeah, for sure. And if, I would say, uh, you shouted out someone who uh, was interviewed several years ago, Eric Jones. If you're a dick to Eric Jones, you, you, you don't deserve life. I'm sorry. I said it. Oh
1: no, it's that. Listen, hands down. If you don't like Eric Jones, like you can, don't even think you might like me. Or we're gonna be we're not. Uh, that, that, is, that, is, that is that's a that's a ride or die for me. That's a that, that's my guy. So that, you know, that's that's a line drawn in the sand, hard. Like you don't, if you don't fuck with Eric Jones, you don't fuck with me, basically. Exactly.
0: And at that point, that's where you can see the the shady Marco, the the Marco that. He claims to be that I don't really see. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like Eric Jones, you just don't like to party. That's just all I got to say about right. that.
1: You don't like to hang out. I don't know what you do in your spare time, but I'll tell you right now, it ain't going to be fun.
0: There you go. <laughs> exactly. I, I can say this as someone who's played for 12 years. There's never, ever been a boring encounter with Eric Jones. Even if I had the worst possible week until I see Eric Jones, I mean – that doesn't play a factor if eric jones is around man that man will uplift your spirits he's one of the best leaders in the game prominent member congrats on him making team usa um yeah i mean that man deserves everything man's an og for sure if you want to listen to his interview uh, it's definitely in the catalog and the archives um <clears throat> so let's let's uh let's dive right in um do you have any um, role models in and out of dodgeball?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, role models in dodgeball. I mean, I, I I feel like I came up at the time that, like, I was blessed with some of, like, the best to the best and to play alongside them, like, when everyone was still kind of playing, like, social leagues and things like that. Um, but, like, I played with, like, you know, like Vince Marchbanks was definitely someone that I played with I I mean, he's been on my Sin City team for uh, seven years. Um, He's definitely someone who, you know, like when I was young and dumb and didn't know anything of like how to play the game or at least like, you know, the fundamentals. But like, let's say the strategy aspect of the game, which is something that you really do develop over time. um, He was definitely somebody who gave me the pointers of like, you know, like baseball taught me to throw directly at my target. Right. To throw to throw in a strike zone. Throwing throwing a, a dodgeball in a strike zone is throwing it someone's stomach, which is mm. the worst place you can possibly do, <laughs> unless you're blowing people through like Ketchum. And then and then even that even we've seen plenty of times like Ketchum will get caught if he throws it square at someone's stomach and they just happen to collapse into it by default. But he taught me about like you know like aiming for certain outsides, make people reach things like that. Take an extra second um, before you go, you know, little things like that. When I was definitely still coming up. Uh, Pion, Justin Payan, it's one of my boys. Um, my dog. <laughs> yup, that's my that's that's another one of of my people, and he he's just somebody that like in my opinion like he really is one of the most versatile players that there is in the game. Like I don't want to hear it. Like I've yeah. I've been on the same side of the court with that man for many many years, and I've also been on the opposite side directly in front of me, and it, 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 he's always teaching you something. And and if you thought you were if you thought you were gonna get one on him, sometimes you do just because. But otherwise, most times he's gonna teach you. Don't be like, don't be stupid. Don't mm-hmm. don't don't take that extra that extra moment. Um. So yeah. So Justin Pye, Vince Marchbanks, um, Ish Blanco. Oof.
0: dude,
1: dude. I, I I gotta say, like, you want to talk about put respect on someone's name? Put respect on that man's name. That man. Thank you. That man plays to a level that people do not people just do not credit enough because i mean i get it listen you're he was on doom and doom definitely has like those those household names when it comes to dodgeball but like ish blanco uh -uh, that man that man can ball out still 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 can do it
0: yeah Um, for sure
1: so, you know, those are definitely some some more role models because I think each of them kind of like gives something different. Glenn Spacher, someone that, you know, I'm always watching that. I'm always watching that guy because he tends to play in a corner right across from me on a team <laughs> line. So he's definitely someone who always has to keep me on my toes. And I like to think like, I'm always trying to like kind of push and keep someone moving in a corner, but he's definitely somebody who, if you don't, if you don't take the split second you have to, to take a shot, the, the ball's coming at you first. Yeah. So so those are definitely some people that I, that I look up to. And I mean, honestly, I look a lot at the way the women play. I got to say, like, the men play one way. And, you know, maybe it's just because, you know, like, as guys, uh, we just play all head and all heart first, you know, and maybe not so thought out. The way right. the women play... Like if you if you're a person who plays dodgeball, if you're a guy who plays dodgeball and you are not going and watching the women's games, you are doing yourself a disservice. Breach. Because the women's games, like <laughs> I have learned so much from watching the way the way the women play, the the way the, the way Nicole Chasen plays, Joanna Munoz, like Kate Gong, like a lot of a lot of the like pop that ladies and the invasion ladies and, and now the finesse ladies, you know, um and e- even the scrappier teams like on the women's side, like you really do watch how different it is from the way that they play to the way we play, which is I think why I always had such a deep respect for co-ed. And I o- I wish there was like more of a competitive push on the co-ed side of things because you really do learn different dynamics because the way they operate versus the way we do is totally different.
0: Man, um, can I sit here and say, that was a well-read receipt, brother. I cannot, I cannot agree with you more. Honestly, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna stop you in a minute and say, you know, name the women, but you just went right to it. I'm like, my dog, right here.
1: Oh, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, like I like, even even now, like look at look at look at the Team USA teams. Like you just look at all of those women, and you just like, if, if you've paid attention to dodgeball, then you know each and every one of them. And even the newcomers, even the newcomers, like there, there, there's a newcomer on uh, team USA, her name's Luann Weingart. She's, a, she's a, going over on cloth. She's someone that I played with in a random social outdoor league during COVID, you know, like whatever, but she just had the mechanics. And I was like, you need to start putting yourself into this like arena and, <laughs> you know, and look now she's got a spot on USA. It's like, you, de- you definitely gotta, you definitely gotta watch the women because the women know what's up. For and, sometimes, sure. and sometimes they play even better than us men like i have i can't tell you how many times that i have watched co teams i have watched the women carry the team on their backs <laughs> uh
0: up. yeah straight up uh i could say that as um i don't know if you know uh, I'm, I, I would imagine you know she is uh witty pitman has uh, yep. been on the team for a long time how many times has she bailed me out of situations that i somehow found find myself in we'd be here for another hour and a half talking um, she's a real MVP. Uh, she makes me better just playing with me, uh, and I'll say that like, she's not only one of my favorite players, one of my favorite people. Um, if we're talking about people I've played with internationally, um, shout out to Hannah who captained the team that I played for uh, when I went to Belfast, and playing with her made me better. So, yeah, I mean, no fault, n- no. No cap on anything you said, bro. You said none but facts right there. And um, anyone outside of dodgeball, any coaches you've had in the past or teammates you've had in the past that you would say you, you look up to or respect?
1: I mean, to be honest, it's like I think I'm always looking ahead so much that it's hard to kind of like look in the rear view. It's like I feel like I live like two different lives, like the adult competitive sport <laughs> man that I am versus like the, the kid version. Um, I mean, yeah, like my high school football coach was awesome. Um, He was, he was pretty rad. He was also like a family friend. So like, there was an extra, like, you know, uh, interest as to, you know, being a coach and a player for him. Um, But he was rad. He was awesome. But yeah, I mean, outside role models. No, I mean, I could be very cliche and say my parents, my parents are really cool. (laughs) Um, That's your answer. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, (laughs) like I, I, I basically like the way I look at life is like, I just look at good people and like good people should be role models that's it for pretty much anybody. If like you're a pretty solid human and you treat people with respect, um, you're you're somebody that people should look up to in some way, shape, or form.
0: That's that is very true. Um, that is very true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't care if you would have said a cliche answer. If it if they were impactful to you, that's your answer.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just even saying it. It just sounds so goddamn cheesy that I just, I think I would have been able to, I don't think I would have been able to say it without giving myself a look in the mirror with like a raised eyebrow going, why did you really, that's what you chose to say.
0: <laughs> wow. You're even throwing shade at yourself. That is. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> self-deprecation and sarcasm are alive and well here in this household.
0: Preach. <laughs> I, I, yeah, for sure. Um, no, this is a new question I started asking people. Uh, do you have a rival team? Or player that you look forward to facing every time?
1: Rival team, um, not it's it's not so much a team. It's not so much like a specific rival team. I definitely do think uh, you know there there are certain players that I just kind of like playing against. You know, uh, like anytime, and if I'm not on a team with like a pioneer or a catchum, I always that I, I always look forward <laughs> to that because it's just like you know, no matter what happens, it's all love. Um, but, but you're like, you want to be the person who's going to be like, I fucking got you, bro. Like I got you, (laughs) like, fuck you, you You know, like you kind of want to go at that person. So like, I, I like playing against my friends. Like, it's not so much of a rivalry as it is like in that moment, you're just trying to like clown on the person in front of you. Um, but definitely, definitely when it comes down to, um, you know, teams, it's just like, I love playing against. Rainbows, um, you know, they're definitely, they're definitely a team that, you know, like, you wanna, like, they, because they've played together for so long, you, you know, like, they're really, like, the way they work together is really interesting and really awesome and, like, admirable. So it's like, when you go and play against a team like that, you really just kinda wanna try to dismantle it. Mm. Like, that's a team that I'm like, I'm always looking for, for like, at these, like, the legacy teams that have played together for so many years, like, I look at those teams and I'm like, those are the teams that I wanna go against. Those are the teams that I that I want to battle against. Cause you, it's like, you know, you kind of want to be like, okay, you're good, but like there's new spot, there's new cats out on town. Like, you know, like there, there are people out here who, who are still scrappy. Like, don't 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 think this is a cush game. I think that's the biggest <laughs> thing for me in dodgeball across the board is just like I love the unexpected. And I mean, every team does it, even teams that let's say aren't like your top two teams. Like anytime they play against a team that they don't know or like a new team, everyone's just like, oh, we're going to like barrel through them. Those teams always tend to give you the most, like they tend to give you a hard time and you got to fight to the nail. Like there are many times that I've been on, you know, really established, like stacked, you know, quote unquote teams and rosters. And we go play against like, what someone would deem a "quote unquote" scrub team, and guess what—you almost fucking lose that game every time mm-hmm. because you. I like, think the mentality is is like playing down. You end up playing down to certain teams, um, so I think for me, it's just like I really love that kind of like unexpected, don't sleep on me kind of uh, attitude. So, and the and the you know the things that can come out of those games. So, I'm always looking to play against these really established teams that have like you know rosters that have been playing playing together for so long because you really kind of want to try and like dismantle like what works for them
0: yeah um definitely uh i know me, that's I'm,
1: a I know that's a broad yeah. answer it's like it's a, it's, it's, fit, it's broad it's, but, it's but a, specific at the same, at it's the same.
0: specific no it, it really is because for one i mean to be fair you're not going to dismantle something that they've worked years to build you might rattle them in the moment and that's the beauty of it right like you're you're You know whether they slept on you or what. You know whether they slept on you or not. You beat an established team that most people would bet their their money on. You're you're you live in that proverbial underdog mindset that even on an established team like Arsenal, you still have that in you, and that's a that's a beautiful trait to have, man. Because a lot of times.
1: I remember very specifically it was nationals. Where the hell were we? What, what, we somewhere was, was it national? Or, um, I can't remember. It was in the nationals. Or, or was one? It was one of the rounds. It was one of like one of the uh, like one round on the west and Arsenal. We were up in eight point five against and, and like we were like let's say like the eighth seed and we were we then went and passed around and we went up against rainbows. Mm-hmm um in 8.5 um which is their ball type right and and they were seated like one or two and we took the game from them and 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 knocked them out so that was like that was a game that was just like it was like all right listen we're going against a team that like this is their ball type this is what they do they you know they they run a game on on teams when it when it comes to this ball type and we just kind of came in and just kind of like snatched it from them real quick (laughs) <laughs> and it was I, and when i say real quick i do not mean like the actual games the actual games like took quite some time yeah. um but, but like but like we came in and we came in and we snatched it from them and it was like a big upset i mean it, it was one of those games where like everyone's done with their game and then they're on the sidelines and like it's you're like why is everyone watching this specific game? <laughs> but but we, we put in the work um and, and and we came out on top on that one and i just remember that game being like fuck that was that that feeling of like you took what was supposed to technically be someone else's (laughs) that was that was pretty rad Uh, that that was that was a fun feeling
0: oh i i I wish somebody and this is my my personal plea does anyone have this game on their gopro please share it because i want to see it um but damn dude that that sounds great man that sounds really great
1: yeah, we went to play. We went on to play Bush after that, and um, they ended up they ended up taking it. I think we ended up like in you know whatever it was. It was like three v three, and then they took it four um, three. But yeah, we went we went on a Bush against uh, against Bush after that, and that was that was like that was another game that that was like that was a really intense game.
0: Wait, you said Bush? Bush That's never good. played in the West.
1: So then it was Nationals.
0: It was that Yeah, it had,
1: it had to so have been where, a national. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. <laughs> remember, I'm like, wait a I minute. The sequence of the day. Um, I remember the sequence of the day. Um, but yeah, we played again. We played against Bush after that.
0: <laughs> I'm like, so it was nationals.
1: Uh, I just can't remember which one. I want to say. I want to say Minnesota.
0: Yeah, it would. I mean, it was on their turf. Yeah. He, damn. damn. Um, yeah, because at the time, and this is just me kind of piecing it together. Because that was the last. It might have been the last year rainbows were together before they were fused with rise kind of and then they kind of rejoined rainbows at least that's how I'm, I'm like piecing it together in my head um yeah when you mentioned Bruce I'm like they never played in the West
1: <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was either that or it was maybe Austin it was, it, was, it, was, it was it was Minnesota or Austin I can't really remember to be honest with you but it was one of the two but that, was the, that, that was the sequence of the day
0: Sadly, the last two years didn't number in no our memories, as you can tell. Um...
1: Yeah, I can't remember shit anymore. It's really, it's really like that's the one thing that's like, I feel like dodgeball is in this really weird place right now where we're really trying to take it back to like, I feel like dodgeball was at its height right before COVID. And like, I feel like we were on like the brink of doing like some really fucking huge, big things across the sport. And it just had so much momentum at that time. And then, you know, the pandemic and I mean, dodgeball is like, like the footnote of, you know, it's a a global pandemic where, you know, so many people were affected, Um, but it really like, it took a lot out of the sport. And I almost feel like we're at that point, like we're trying to get it back to the hype that it was before, but it's, you know, it's having a real hard time to kind of like launch again.
0: That's very interesting. You say that. And I was going to go into my next, you know, scripted question. As some, and this kind of just give you an idea. I, I interview players literally all over the world. And I can tell you just by the pulse of it, it's back 100% everywhere else but here. I have my own theories on why that is, but I want to hear what you think it is. Why do you think we're sort of in a position where we right now currently we're chasing the ghosts of the past as far as trying to get back to what we lost years ago
1: uh i mean honestly i think and i mean yeah i do know like definitely like i mean canada just had a big showing um you know uh in dodgeball and i know it's uh, like it's back everywhere else it's weird it's just like maybe because america took it so hard on the chin with covid you know with the amount of debts and like so many different things, whether you know you believe in COVID, you don't believe in COVID, you believe in masks, you don't believe in masks, whatever mm-hmm. whatever the case is. Like I don't want to go into like the political talk about it all. Of course. Um but I think it I think it's really interesting. But like I feel like the dodgeball community, we were so thirsty for it for so long. And I just think a lot of people like you have to remember two years for certain people, like in your, if you're in your late thirties or you're in your mid thirties, two years is a really kind of transitional point in time for people um, in, in those age brackets. And I feel like we had such, I feel like people just had, they regained a different perspective, you know? Like it definitely, I feel like when the world shuts down on you and you can't do anything, you can't see your friends, you can't see your loved ones, people are dying left and right. I think it just puts in a perspective of like, what really is important to you? And like, what do you want to do? And a lot of people picked up new hobbies and or or focused themselves in their career or, you know, building families and things like that. Or like, you know, the the dissolving of relationships and families and things like that. I think people just, the perspective, like the importance of dodgeball in and of itself just became less important. And I mean... I don't know how it necessarily works in the other countries, but like, it's not like dodgeball at a competitive level. It's not inexpensive to upkeep. Like if you Mm want to be like, especially like, let's talk, like, let's talk USA West rounds, right? Like this season, it's like, if you want to, I mean, other than like LA for the LA locals, fine. But like traveling, traveling right now when everyone is trying to travel it's not cheap. Like I, there are so many people and so many teams that I know that are not going around three because it's like a seven, $800 flight alone, let alone, let alone accommodations, let alone, you know, food, this, that, whatever, having a good time on top of it. It's like, it just becomes like a really, really expensive hobby. And I just don't, I think, I think back pre pandemic, we were starting to see like the fruits of the labor, You know, like the, because the sport was really at this point of pushing itself to be like really recognized in ways that could end up in sponsorships and, you know, partnerships and things like that. And I just feel like after two years, it really is kind of like starting from the ground up again and people just don't have the same passion for it anymore. Because I think, I think there was a portion where people just kind of like put it to rest because there was so long and it wasn't coming back or had any glimpse of coming back that everyone just kind of said, okay. I'm putting my knee pads away and I'm just going to call it and do something else with myself. That's
0: very, you bring up a lot of interesting points. And I was just thinking like, not that I'm trying to find a way to disagree, but you're hitting everything on the head. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I, I would say, I don't know what it, and you're right. A lot of people I do know aren't going to round three, round three. We're talking round three, Seattle, I'm sure. Right.
1: Yep. Round three, Seattle, July yeah.
0: 16th. Yep. Uh, it's still on my bucket list. Not have played a single tournament on my birthday. I would love for that to happen. Um, but yeah, I haven't i maybe it's just me, but travel during the summer has never been this expensive, has it?
1: No, I mean, I mean, I, I I travel a lot for work and stuff, but like things are ridiculously expensive right now when it comes to travel because it's like like anything, it's supply and demand. For two years, there were, yeah. the entire industry was making no money and hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money, um, and now there's the desire again uh, because we're not like past COVID, but we're in a place where we I think we've got a handle on it. Um, so now people feel free and safe to like travel again, and it's been two years. Like I just went on a trip with friends to Hawaii and, you know, it was the first trip that some of them have taken in two years, which is insane to me. Um, But like, there are a lot of people who are doing that now. And because of that, it's, it's expensive. It's expensive to fly. Um, It's, it's, it's really kind of insane. And like, when you think about it, you know, a lot of people had to reshift careers. A lot of people had to find new jobs, uh, you know, um, the cost of living just keeps going up. And like, you know, the way people are paid is, stays the same, and if you look at, if you just look at the math, I mean, is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, to go to go to round, mm-hmm. to go to round three, you know, a lot of people like. It may, it maybe I'm wrong on this, but like I think the focal point for a lot of people right now is to play for USA and play in Worlds. I feel like when you get when you play competitively, like that's the objective, right? Because that's the next of course. Step. And at this point, the teams are selected. Worlds is in Canada, and then it's not happening for two years. So the desire, like, what's the point, you know, it's like, what's the prize? What's the, what's the light at the end of the tunnel? Like what's, what's it all worth? And I think it's great practice for some people, but then also it's just like, you know, a lot of, a lot of players come from the West and are in LA and can practice together, you know, on a Wednesday night. I don't think they need to travel up to Seattle to play for a weekend and who knows, spend how much. So it's like, if yeah. you don't have that giant objective at the end, because there's already, really no point, then what, then what's the point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, geez. I mean, you're pretty much hitting every point that I had thought in my mind. Um, yeah. Uh, cause I'll, I'll give you a little like perspective. I went to round two, um, in Santa Monica. Yep. And, Forgive me, I don't remember if I saw you there.
1: No, I wasn't there. So round two, I was I was shooting a television show called Love is Blind. Uh, so I was on location. So unfortunately I was at round one um, and round one was awesome and fun. Uh, but then round two, I wasn't gonna make round two. And then round three, I'm doing a television show for Amazon right now in Boston. And I would literally like the day that I'm done, I in, to go to round three, I would have to fly right from here to Seattle And then Mm -hmm. go home after Seattle. So it's just like, it's kind of not worth it. (laughs) For me, you know, I'm a little like doubt from like a personal level, not so much like a playing level, but, you know, so I, like, I didn't, I didn't get to go to round two and I know a lot of people also like a lot of locals for LA stayed and did, but like a lot of people couldn't make it.
0: That was what I was going to bring up because when I went to round two, to me as a player who plays in the South, it looked like a south round. Not that many teams. And it was just – there was something missing. And I think you hit everything on the head. Like, people are saving up to go to Worlds. Some people may not be able to afford to travel to L.A. if they're coming from somewhere else. A lot of the players there were L.A.-based. I think only a handful of people traveled from out of state. And I, yeah, it, it definitely – It felt weird. I mean, it felt great because I love watching the West Round and participating, but it felt weird not having that what I call that gladiatorial arena that the West has. Like when you back in back in our Jesus Christ, am I actually going to say this? Back in our day, um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) back in my day,
0: back we're not we're roughly well we're not the same age, but you look younger than me, and we're going to stick to that. Teams in open. 20, yeah. and yep. close to 30 in co-ed. And it felt like maybe there was like a third of that in both. Yeah. I,
1: I, and I kind of have a little, like, I have a thought as to why. Um I think, I like, think. I think what happened was a lot of teams almost kind of like, I feel like we as a sport kind of cannibalized each other. You know, mm. it, it, I think like a lot of teams, like, I, I feel like, I feel like USA it's like it, it's it's hard to kind of like break into if you haven't done it before. So there's that. And then right. no one likes to go to anything and get like their ass handed to them the entire day. Like that sucks on top of it. But so like that's hard for as far as like let's say the quote unquote new class to kind of come into dodgeball. But I also think it's like a lot of the a lot of top teams like so like for instance you mentioned like Rainbows and Rise They've now kind of taken what's left of Rainbow's and what's left of Rise and put that together. So there's that's now two teams becoming one team. Um, I know Thieves. I, I I know Heat's not playing. So then some people from Heat went over to Thieves. That's now two teams that have become one team. So I think what has happened is that just a lot of like there's been a lot of consolidation when it comes to rosters and teams. And because of that, we're not working with the 20, 30 teams, different teams anymore. We're working with, like, 10.
0: Yeah. Those are, like, 10, maybe 11.
1: Yeah, I mean, even for Arsenal, like, Arsenal, like, this year, we, like, um, Alex Alvarez took over as captain because Eric Jones stepped down and decided he wanted to play in the north and play in task force, which is awesome, and we, we love that for him, and we support that. But Kabul is in kansas city so he's in like the midwest so it's not always easy to get to all the west rounds and you know so like now we're down to like four or five and we're kind of like trying to like stay scrappy and keep together and stuff like that but it's it's just difficult like because i think at this point it's like life is like the things that happen in people's lives are just a bit more important and there's and like that that shift of dodgeball is like a number one or number two priority is just not there anymore so I just mm. think that they are like there's not as many teams uh, because there's not as many people playing, and it all kind of just trickles down from there.
0: Yeah, um, gee, I mean it's it it's sad, it, it it really is, but you it, it is it is a fact of life. Like a lot of, for a lot of people now, life is life is their priority, kind of, um, and. And this is me speaking as a fan, speaking as a player. It's kind of sad to see that happen, because you want to at least celebrate the retirement, so to speak. Like, for like, for example, um, I'm pretty sure you've seen this, the last dance, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the last, the final year of Michael Jordan. Like, it. Say, let's let's go back in time and do a what if? What if we didn't know that was going to be the last time they play together? Right. What if we didn't know that going into that season? Cause you know, a lot of their contracts were up and everyone was leaving and you know, you can side with Phil Jackson or, or, or was it Jim Krause or whatever. And you can have that argument. But what if you didn't know that was going to be the last time they weren't, you know what I mean? Like it would just be a footnote in history. Like, and I look at that and I, and I see rise. Like I was looking to come back and play against them. Cause that, that was a team I love to play against. I mean, you know, they were scrappy. I mean, I would say I was more of the scrappy. They were more organized, militant, ready to go. And it was always a dogfight with that team. And now they don't get celebrated. They don't get acknowledged. I mean, they're do they are now cause I'm talking about it, but like no farewell posts, no like, Hey, we're g- this is going to be our last time together. You know, none of that. It just, ha- it just disappears. It was almost like the Thanos snap. It's just like, everything just disappears and, yeah, do we get the stones back and bring everything back? I'd argue no. Cuz it's not the same that it was 2 years ago. And right. the players who went away, and I'm kind of, you know, highlighting Rise, but I'm sure there's others. Um they're not celebrated in that sense. They're not like, oh, man, you know like, you know what I mean? Like it it feels like there was a some, there was a stage missing for the people leaving.
1: Yes, that, it wasn't it wasn't like there wasn't enough like it wasn't enough love shed at the time, but I think that's because no one knew that it would end up this way. You know, you right. have to you'd have to know the future in order to respect what the current, and you kind of don't. Like we didn't at that time, so it's like no one, nobody got the sign off. You know that they, that <laughs> right. they, that they should have gotten. You know, um, because no one knew that that would that. Listen, when we went down, I remember, I remember we were all ready. To go like down to San Diego, round one, elite year 2020. Like I re- I remember it. And I remember being sent home from work on that Friday or that Thursday. And I then remember being like, everyone talking on the team, like, what are we going to do? Talking with like Brendan, who was in, you know, talks with Jake about like, is this still going to happen? And then, you know, getting the getting the text that, hey, I think we're going to cancel it and then calling and, you know, like canceling your hotel room and all that shit and not thinking at that time that it would be two years before like (laughs) another elite round, whatever come about. Like I was like, Oh, this will be a couple weeks. Like we'll be fine by round two. (laughs) (laughs) Like a full idiot. (laughs) Hey,
0: to be fair, I was the same way too. Um, we all, we have, but we all were. And, uh, with that being said, uh, I would like to say that now that we've kind of got that out the way, God forbid if this is Arsenal's final year, please give us like a celebratory speech, please give us like a
1: oh listen, you know a proper you know, we're going away a, we're a bunch of fucking clowns, and ain't nobody going anywhere without <laughs> without anybody knowing anything you know we're gonna cause rain
0: my <laughs> it's gonna, dog. it's
1: gonna <laughs> rain it's gonna rain if we if, if our this is Arsenal's last year, you bet it's gonna be we it's gonna be a show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my dog i'm not saying that it is don't i'm not trying to spread that rumor out there yeah, but don't, just, don't, the i don't know i don't know
1: you caught that rumor don't spread that.
0: No, no no i'm not i'm not i'm just hypothetically saying that if if it's this year next year four years five years down the line please give us at least a proper send-off
1: i will make sure that we have a send-off for sure
0: Thank you. Um, you work in the industry, so you know very well a proper season finale is the perfect yeah. way to go.
1: Yeah.
0: No cliffhangers, none of that. What happened with the Sopranos, and that still bothers me to this damn day. Um <laughs>
1: Listen, I, I i work in television. I will tell you you will get a season finale. You will get a series finale. I ain't gonna play I am not gonna play us like that.
0: <laughs> my my dog. We'll get a series finale and maybe uh Instead of like a reunion, maybe like a proper after party or something, because sure. that's sure. something that I know Eric Jones instilled in every one of you guys. Um, <laughs>
1: <Bet>. So <laughs> it's a party regardless.
0: For sure. Uh, do you have any like pregame ritual before an elite tournament, before a premiere? Like anything you have to do in particular? Anything superstitious or otherwise?
1: Uh, not so much superstitious, but like there are like certain and, and this may sound so fucking gross, but uh, there is a specific pair of socks, like a what like two different pairs of socks that I like playing with <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that I don't Wait. really like to play without.
0: <laughs> Please tell me you washed them before. Uh,
1: of course I' of course I wash them. You can actually like I'm that one player. you can ask anyone that's ever played dodgeball with me if I could go through an entire day with playing. I still smell good at the end of the day. I that is fact. That's no. If i, sweat. No- I, don't, I, don't, I <laughs> sweat all day, if I am dripping sweat at that moment, I normally always apologize if I go to hug someone and I'm all sweaty, and they're like, "Nah, you still smell good." So of course I wash my goddamn socks. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. All right. Let me before we before we continue. I can attest to this, having played against this man on shade, having played against him in variety of leagues in WeHo, WDS, and otherwise. This man smells like aqua de Show every time.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, no, absolutely. Listen, come on. come on. like I'm all about look good, smell good.
0: I need to take some tips from you because as much as I try, I, I just got to find a fragrance or body wash that works. Um, <laughs> that, that's just my personal admittance right there. Uh, but, yes, he does smell good. Hair is always on fleek. Does not look like – let me just say something. This is just me breaking the fourth wall for the people at home. This man looks like a model after dodgeball, which is weird because you do have some good-looking people who play who look like a mess afterwards. You're always well put together.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I told you once, I'll tell you twice. Flattery does get you everywhere. So so, so, you, so, you, so you just keep it up. I don't know what I did to deserve such, such nice uh, pleasantries, but uh, you, you just keep that up.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, so... Do you have any like pre-game music you like to listen to? Any songs that hype you up or just songs in general you enjoy?
1: Oh, hell yeah. I mean, like music-wise, I listen to everything. Um, but definitely like before a game, I need I need something hype. So I need I need we need to go be listening to like some some old school shit. Like we need to go like like where the party at by Jagged Edge is definitely something you got to listen yes. to. You got to listen to that. Uh, you got to drop a, you got to drop a Miley Cyrus party in the USA. Like you got, like I need, I need to walk in hype. I need to be like, like let's fucking go. And those, those are definitely two songs that like we've been in the car blasting right before we're about to pull up to the gym, just screaming because why not? Okay? <laughs> uh, all and, right. it, and it always gets a look or two. It definitely gets a look or two as we pull in the parking lot.
0: <laughs> well, that just, that just lets me know I got to pay attention to the parking lot. Um, it's funny you mentioned Miley Cyrus, because for me, and I'm probably gonna get read through the red through the grinder. Um, she's very hit or miss with me. Okay. But there's one song I do enjoy, and I think it's a cover. Uh, I think it's called Midnight Run. Yep, it's a cover. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's you know I I know it's a cover, but I was just like hoping I got the song name right. I'll my if you look at my playlist, it's not organized at all. So it'll have anything from Pantera to Nine Inch Nails to Nat King Cole, Jagged Edge, and, yes, a little bit of Miley Cyrus in there because why not?
1: Listen, ain't no shame. Ain't no shame. shame. I mean, I can organize
0: it for sure, but ain't no shame. It's just funny how you mentioned that. It's just like midnight run. There we go. Um, I I got to tell you,
1: Alex Alvarez, he's the guy who's definitely always got the – he's got the playlist ready, and he just knows, like, when we get in the car, it's like, okay, hit (laughs) hit the play button. Like, let's go. Like it's time. It's time to get hit, amped up. Some Kylie sure.
0: Minogue, Vanessa Carlton, Michelle Branch.
1: You want know um, don't, don't act like I, a thousand miles has not been sung right before I've walked into the gym. I would be lying to you if I said it hasn't.
0: <laughs> Thousand miles, White Castles. Um, yeah, jeez, we're we're definitely uh, bros for life at this point. Um, moving on. Uh. <laughs> All right, so let's segue like to the – gee, it's funny how we don't – we're not in the same circles kind of, but we're so alike in some ways. Um, so we're going into the crowdsource questions. Markel, I don't know if this is like an inside joke or something. Okay. But he said, hmm, almost like curious, like is there a funny memory between you and Markel?
1: No, I mean Mark Mark Elster somebody who always happens to be across the court for me on my side of the court <laughs> in like right in front of me and like it's always it's always like oh well it's either like I'm coming at you hard or you're coming at me so it's kind of that more than mm-hmm. anything else.
0: Gotcha. So he, you're always whenever you play against him you're always lined up against him. And that's one thing I also want to point out. You're very good at like those like clutch close range catches where you just take out the opposing corner pretty well. Um, definitely something to look out for, for sure. Because you've done that way more than once. It's not luck at this point. I don't care what you say.
1: No, I, th- I think it's. I think it's just like involuntary reaction. <laughs> that's know, not involuntary you know, like, I I just put myself in front of it And then all of a sudden my body reacts in a way And the ball's in my hand I'm like, that's pretty dope <laughs> Continue to do that, body, thank you
0: <laughs> That's not involuntary That's like, when I used to play football I used to play the returner, punt and kick um, You know, you could do the You could say the first spin move is involuntary But if you do it a second time Oh no, that's not involuntary You know what you're doing
1: Well, let's not try to give away all my secrets because then I might, I, may, I might not be so, uh, you know, overlooked <laughs> if we give them all away.
0: <laughs> well, that's fair. And uh, to be fair, there's a, the beauty in post that I can cut. Um, <laughs> so I, wanted, I I had to throw in this question in here. And to give a backstory to people and to you right here. Yes, we're working on getting an interview with Ish. We just got to line up the scheduling uh, to where it works out with both sides. And this question you asked for him. But I wanted to throw it to you. Does sex sell? Why or why not?
1: Oh, sex always sells. Sex is sold out. Sex, sex is on back order.
0: It's on back order?
1: It's, it's on it's on back order. Like like submit su- submit your like thoughts now. Like get on the wait list. We'll eventually call your number somewhere, maybe twenty thirty two, but right now sex is on, sex is sold out.
0: Wait, did you say did you just say twenty thirty two, not twenty
1: twenty three? No, twenty thirty two. I, I said Oh it's I said.
0: it's back okay. Are you said what you said? Got it. Um no,
1: it's back ordered.
0: It's that when you say 2032 and he's not dyslexic, he means it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's a fun interview. Uh, Connor Liu, bet it. Any uh, funny memory with Connor Liu or is this like a phrase that you guys share?
1: A hundred percent. That's a phrase that we share. We're all, it's always about bet. Um, Connor and I have played on teams together for, for quite some time. I love that dude. Um, he's somebody else who is definitely, you know, um, definitely overlooked in comparison and he and you know now and now i think maybe not so overlooked because he's got such a big tiktok following uh because he started putting things out out there for people to watch and like some impressive shit um but bet is always kind of like it's that thing that we're like okay you want to go out tonight bet are we gonna act up bet are we about to take this team out bet you got this bet and it's always like we like to go in a little like a little party style, a little Miami style. We like to go like a bur, 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 like, like <laughs> You but, did not do the trumpets. Please. Tell oh, me no. oh, no. Oh, no. We, it's literally it's like like that's that's just what it is at all times. It's clownery. I,
0: <laughs> I love that. Um, another question I threw in who got the best drip in the game?
1: Ooh who got the best trip in the game? I mean that's that's hard. Um, you want to know what? It could
0: be team, it could be player, it could be anyone you no, party you with. Want,
1: you you want to know what? It, I gotta give it. I gotta give it back to Connor Lou. Like Connor, you look at Connor and he looks like he's he just like he's out at the bar and yet he's like playing dodgeball, jumping around, moving and stuff. But like he looks like he's wearing like civilian clothes <laughs> every time. Like the, the drippers. <laughs> The drip is just there. I mean, if we're talking best looking uniform, I'm gonna throw it back to shade. I'm gonna take some self love on that one. Yeah, I love yeah. our jersey. I love our jerseys. Um, but yeah, no, Connor Lou definitely flexes in the fashion department. Him, Crystal, Briones, like they, they always, they always look fly. Those are just two people that always look fly to me. Oh, I'm always man. excited to meet up with them at the bar afterwards and see like what what's the fit.
0: What's the fit? Oh man. I, I gotta, I gotta say, um, I, definitely Connor, definitely Crystal. I gotta shout out Nate. Um, the man's yep. a fashion designer.
1: Yep, <laughs> Nate, 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 and maybe that's why I didn't even think about his name because he's a designer in my head. So like, I'm like, you should be, you should have a good fit. You are a fashion. He designer. does have a like, good
0: fit. I will say. Yeah, how are you, you going to be a
1: designer and have a fucked up fit? That's not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not Nate. Nate is hands down drip drip god for sure. Uh, I went to one of his. Um, Fashion launches a couple years ago and that man can sell his own outfit. Like he's just he's well put together at all times. Uh, I'll say Nate. Um, I would shout you, Ryan Johnson and Payan. You guys always yep. look well together. Eric Jones. My God, that man is a drip God. And again, another shout out to Eric Jones. I know he's going to hear this and I know I'm going to get a text, but I don't care. Um, who else? <laughs> who else has a...
1: I'm like, who else got, who else got, the, the ladies are always coming with the fly trip. Like Karina's always, Karina's always dressed, jo, Joanne always looks good. I love, I love Azalea, Azalea Donshae always looks bomb, Uh, Kate, Nicole Chasen, like all the girls, I'm always like, I'm just going to hang out with y'all because y'all look good. <laughs> and if y'all look good, then I look good just by props.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, But yeah, there's definitely some... Uh... We got some drip gods in the community, I could say that. Uh, but I definitely... So there are not, some
1: good-looking people, point-blank, period. Like, you want to take it back to the sex sell? Sex has sold out. There are some <laughs> good-looking people in dodgeball. I'll,
0: I'll even throw in myself if I get if I get a lineup soon. So, but yeah, I'll throw in myself in the mix for sure, because why not? <laughs> you got to get that
1: lineup. If the lineup and, ain't good, it ain't good.
0: Thank you, my dog. Um, <laughs> so, and this is something I also... I, I, I ignored this purposely because uh, Cliff actually brought this up. Um, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a lefty? Marco?
1: For, for me, it's all it's all advantage, actually. Uh, you know, being a lefty, it's like I feel like I can play all sides of the court. Like, And maybe it is more of a specific thing to me. But like, if I'm on the left side, my counter to the right side is really, really quick. But when I get put on the right side, I have my left arm to throw at to throw with. So like I'm looking like yes dead ahead, but I can also let a no release ball go right to the left side diagonal from me. And I just feel like as a lefty, like it gives me that opportunity where it's just like I can I can kind of play maybe a bit more of a versatile game. I'm not I'm not tied to one side wherever my like let's say power arm is.
0: I would have to agree with you on that because um <clears throat> Kind of taking it back to when I used to do um, kickboxing and martial arts, it was always the southpaws that gave you trouble. And the reason that would be the case is because a lot of times everyone is programmed similarly, the same way. Um, it, when you see a right hand come cross, that's something your mind generally sees because it's the average. It, it, I would say it's beyond the average of what people use, they're right-handed. The right-handed it, the they they're right-handed in the way they're right. They're right-handed and maybe, you know, they'll put their sleeve on their shirt the right way and then the left way or whatever. A lot of times our minds are programmed to, to react to what we've already seen. So when we encounter a, a southpaw, in this case, a dodgeball player, in my case in the past, fighting, y- unless you've seen it enough times, that angle is going to be different. Your reactions to yep. be different. And you present a different kind of threat being that kind of person where. Granted, you're you're fighting the same way, but just from a different angle.
1: Exactly, then, I feel I feel like the left side just gives me the opportunity to have all angles of the all angles of the court.
0: That being said, that's another reason why you got to put some respect on not only Marco but Ish. Ish is one of the best southpaws in the game, <laughs> hands down. Yep. And I you think- got
1: him, you got me, you got David O'Brien. You've got like the lefties. The lefties are coming.
0: Oh, okay, they, okay. There's okay. some
1: definitely lefty flex in there.
0: Oh yeah, uh, David O'Brien, you ish. Who else is a lefty in dodgeball?
1: Uh, Karina can actually throw both with her left and her right hand.
0: That is very true, uh, Karina.
1: I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of who else is lefty out yes, there. Jeff no,
0: but, Canada.
1: Yup. Like, it, you, there's definitely a way that lefties play, which is a little bit more free than uh, you know right-handed people.
0: I would say more free because, again, it's programming. You're not used to seeing someone do that from that angle. Exactly. You know what I mean? So unless you're training with southpaws, that's going to always catch people off guard. Yep. Cool. <laughs> there we go. A little there, 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 of there.
1: Yep, there it is. There's a little tidbit of information.
0: That, that right there. Um, that's why, you know, put some respect on Marco's name. Um <laughs> So, suffice to say, we definitely had a fun interview, but I want to ask you a pretty gut-hitting question, and I call yeah, it the legacy it. question. So, how would you like to be remembered once you play your final game?
1: Um, I would just, like, I guess, oh, God, that's a – like, you're really trying to – like, what, are you looking for the Hallmark Channel or something? Jesus. <laughs> um, but, like, I think, I think for me, I just want to be – I just want to respect it as, like, a solid player – uh, and I kind of like I like the come up of it all, you know, like I didn't start out. I didn't start out being as competitive as I am now. I didn't start out being like, you know the the in the top two teams, but as I played, I was definitely somebody who put the work in.
0: That you have. Um, i I would say it's funny how you say you didn't start off being competitive when even before you stepped on the dodgeball court. You even said it. You were an overachiever. You did sports. You did drama. and You did a variety of other clubs, not just because it was for to look good on college or whatever. It's just something you wanted to do. It's something you wanted. You craved accomplishment. You craved a team environment. You craved growth. So the fact that you say you weren't competitive in the beginning, and maybe so in, in your beginnings as a rec player, but it developed naturally because of who you are. When I see... <coughs> Hold on. Uh, when I when I when I see you play, I always see this. I, I, I gotta say, you're a dog, man. You're, you're a dog. Like, you 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 may not have the strongest throw on your team, but hey, that's why you have Cobble. That's why you have Pine. That's why you have uh, Ketchum. That's what you know. You may not be the most prolific in some fast. You're a Swiss Army knife. You're a Swiss Army knife. You. And every, you,
1: everybody needs a Swiss Army knife.
0: That is true. I mean. You can cut bitches on the court if you need to, or you can pop champagne after. Like you always provide. A, <laughs> I said what I said. Fuck y'all. Listen. No, you're
1: right. You're right. You're right.
0: Like you always present what I call a, a joker's challenge. Like you always fit the need of the teams you're on. And there's it. And granted, yeah, yeah, you were you were on those teams because of those social relationships, but you grew as a player because of the versatility and the skill set and the drive and the mentality that you've had. Have I should say not had but have, um, so when I when I say this as someone who is not in your inner circle per se, but someone who's always enjoyed you know interactions and and playing against you, I say this as a captain who's played against you. I've never overlooked you at all. Um, as a player, as a fan of the sport, that. as a fan of the sport, I gotta say, man, I hope this episode gives you a sense of more respect i should say on the court um hopefully not targeted too much but hopefully like i hope you i know you'll keep your underdog mentality and that's something i've always admired about you i've learned more about that as this interview progressed but i hope after this interview outside of the enjoyment and the experience that you had talking with me i hope people put respect on your name because i, that. As I a hope they do the too court, <laughs> As a fan of the sport, I'm going to say it. I'm tired of people saying, you know, and I've heard it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard people say, um, they're good, but we can ignore that guy referring to you or referring to other players. Well, I'm like, if you ignore that guy, bitch, you're going to get cut. <laughs> He's going to counter you. He's going to be the most valuable asset to that team. It's no accident that you're always with Nicole Jason, or Brett or – and yes, I mean Brett and I have our little rivalries, but I gotta respect the man. You know what I mean? It's all it's nothing but love between me and Brett. Nothing but love between me and Ketchum. Like you're a part of that consistently. And it's not by accident. And I hope by the time that people hear your story, and I hope the next time you step on the court, whenever that may be, people are gonna know that. Now you might get targeted more because of it, but <laughs> I think if That's anyone's okay. gonna- if anyone's gonna pull out a clutch catch or two it'll be you for sure and I hope I'll handle
1: it I'll handle it as it comes
0: for sure uh, but I will say it's an honor and a privilege to finally cement your story and hopefully like I said by the end of this story by the by the end of this interview and going forward they're gonna put some respect on your name because you definitely deserve it you're not one to be overlooked at this point I hope nobody overlooks you and if they do well I'm definitely gonna bet <laughs> that you'll you know, make them pay for it. Cause that'll be easy money for me. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds but. good. I, no, I appreciate, I appreciate talking to you. I appreciate getting the platform. It's been, it, it, it's definitely been fun. Just to <laughs> just chat about dodgeball for a little bit.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. So before we wrap up, do you have any uh, final shout outs you'd like to give?
1: No, I feel like I gave enough shout-outs. I've given too much people respect. I'm over it. Oh. Here, I'm done. That's it. You're done? You're done? We're I'm, just t- I'm, drop taking, mic. I'm taking my toys and I'm going elsewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, and that was my interview with Marco. Uh, Marco, thank you so much for not only hopping on and sharing with us your story, but overall, we just clicked right away. And um, <laughs> it's surprising we didn't click this way sooner. Uh, like I said, it's no accident that this man has been along with established players before, several world champions, national champions. And it's because, like I said, put some respect on his name, and I will put that in the bank all day and twice on your birthday. Um, my next uh, episode will be a recap of the FDC in Mexico City. Uh, I'll have uh, Gigi and Roy on. If you remember those names, those names were... Uh, had them previously in the first Mexican Nationals um, recap. So definitely looking forward to recording with them on that end and looking to do more interviews down the road. Um, definitely, it's safe to say I'm going through some trying times, but um, interviews like this is a very solid pick-me-up, to say the least. So if you've listened to me up until this point, thanks so much and have a wonderful day.